Before we get started with the show today, I want to let everyone know about our new merchandise store available at www.messystudiopodcast.com. Uh, there you can find uh, hats, t-shirts, leggings. Um, we got some really cool stuff there for you guys. Everything you buy uh, helps to support the show, um, and uh, it's a great conversation piece. You can let other people know about the podcast. Um, be able to recognize each other in public when you meet another fan. So uh, go to MessyStudioPodcast.com and check out the merch store. On with the show. Hello and welcome to the Messy Studio with Rebecca Kroll, the podcast at the intersection of art, travel, entrepreneurship, philosophy, and life in general. I am Ross Tickner, Rebecca's audio producer, podcast guru, and her son. On today's show, we are talking about walking. Why walk? While walking may seem like an off-topic for an art-related podcast, it falls squarely into the life in general category. (laughs) Uh, It is something that is important to Rebecca's creative process and to her life, and she wanted to share some thoughts about its role in the creative process. Walking has many benefits for both physical and mental health, but what can it contribute to our lives as artists? With me, as always, is Rebecca Kroll. Hello, everyone. Yeah, we're sliding a bit into the life in general topic here. And walking is, I mean, anybody who wants to Google the physical and emotional benefits um, of walking will find hundreds of websites. (laughs) We probably already know a lot of this, how good it is for us. Um, But I've come to realize in recent years that there's a role it plays for me as an artist as well, I did not always put much importance on walking. And when we were getting ready to do this, uh, Ross, you kind of went, well, I don't walk. (laughs) (laughs) I I said, I I, I drive. I I, I haven't walked anywhere since I turned 16. (laughs) Other than walking the dog. And and a lot of people walk their dogs. But, you know, I I mean, there was years and years where I I wouldn't do it for any particular, right. I, w- I wouldn't be motivated to do it. I, I do, you know, ride bicycles and cross-country ski. You are an active man, yes. Yeah, okay. a skateboard. <laughs> but I don't know. I, walking just seems too slow for okay, me. Okay, so but. when I finish with my thoughts here, you may think I'm going out for a really meaningful walk, okay? Uh-huh. Okay. Okay. <laughs> so, okay, so within... A few years recently, and and this I pinpointed this when I started going over to Ireland every year, and this has been now every year since 2011, but returning to the same place in Ireland um, every year since 2013, and that's Ballycastle in County Mayo. And when I started going there, I was basically, I had to walk because where the cottages where you stay are probably half a mile from the studio and the and the center. And so going back and forth at least once a day or maybe twice a day involved a lot of walking. And the other thing is I rarely, if ever, have a car there. I may go places in cars with people, but if I want to get out and see stuff, I'm on foot. Uh, I did rent a bicycle once, but it was kind of not a very good bike, and I ended up preferring to walk. So... Um, I walk all the time there. And and it's kind of like over the years, I started to realize what this was bringing to me. And because I'm very focused on my work when I'm there, there was, I could see this pretty direct um, connection. One of the things, you know, that I was seeing there was walking is slow and walking 
makes you really look closely at things. And I, every time I would go back or have been back to this little Irish town in the Irish countryside, I found myself paying attention to something different and something was entering my work because of these walks that hadn't been there. And so one time it was the bog plants and one time it was the hedgerows and um, the beach and different places where I would walk and really observe started to have an impact on me. And I don't think I would have done that had I only been seeing them from a car or if I didn't, you know, want to walk. And it really became, it has always been a big part of my day. So when I wake up in the morning in this lovely bubble of artist residency and think, what am I going to do today? I not only think I'm going to paint, but I'm going to walk. And of course, the weather there is really crazy. And uh, you kind of have to seize the moments when you're going to walk. <laughs> so uh, uh, Una, the woman who is the director there, said to me once, if you uh, want to take a walk and you look out and it's sunny, you better get going. <laughs> so, But it just becomes integrated into the day there. And I guess all that understanding of how that affects the work I do there maybe expand the topic in my mind a bit. I think when we walk in more familiar places at home or you know in our neighborhoods, it's harder to access that kind of novelty aspect of seeing things in a new, fresh way. Um, but I think that becomes a challenge. That becomes part of the uh, the process of paying attention, and we don't always have to have new things to grab our attention. And even given the number of times I've been to Ireland to this one place, it's not all that novel anymore, but I'm still drawn to study different aspects of it as I walk. And I guess before I want to go further, I do want to, I, I totally acknowledge that there are some listeners may have limitations on uh, walking, could be physical or seasonal. I mean, I don't think usually in the dead of winter, people want to walk in Wisconsin very well, much. Well, in Wisconsin, we have two seasons and that's snow and bugs. So. <laughs> yeah, right. Do you want to put up with the, the deer flies or the freezing temperatures? Um, so, you know, or, or geographic, you know, where you actually live, it may be hard to find a good place to walk. But I hope that in general, this is, this is interesting. Um, because to me, it's not important. It's not about how far you go or how fast you go or even how often you go walking. It's it's about what can be gained from this overall process of slowing down and paying attention as you're moving through your environment and, and this kind of observation, which walking obviously forces upon you. <laughs> you're going slowly. Um, and I think that that might be one reason I didn't enjoy the bicycle as much in Ireland, because it helped me get places faster, but I, I felt like I was missing the details. <laughs> um, so I'm going to talk a little bit in general about walking and how I see it uh, relates to the art practice. And I really see it actually as a metaphor for one's creative journey. Um what is learned in a spiritual or emotional way that can help you in your art practice. This can come from walking, strengthening these skills. And there really are a lot of parallels. Like when people say, they use the words, uh, your art journey, your art path. And those examples, to me, imply walking. It's not about 
getting on a train or something. <laughs> uh, the pathway especially is, is a walking path. It's a slow progression. Um, and it's the slow accumulation of understanding that we have in our work. Um, there's no... Sometimes you may think there are shortcuts, and that's true when you're walking, and you you may physically take a shortcut, but that's not the point, right? I mean, uh, the point is not to get there faster. The point is to absorb as much as you can um, as you're going along, being present, you know, and just um, enjoying the the actual movement as opposed to always focusing on your destination and. It's very, uh, I think it heightens your perception about things. There's a lot of nuances when you're walking. Uh, what are you walking on? You know, is it is it stones, grass, pavement? Is it slippery? Is it dry? Uh, what's the weather like? Uh, what are you looking at? And I think anything that helpens, uh, helps us sharpen our perception is obviously going to help in the studio. As we have, we, do, we deal with a lot of subtleties in our work and a lot of nuances that visual um, differentiation when you're studying something uh, around you, it it plays in. It's not generalized. You know, it's very specific. Um, we talked in a uh, recent podcast about questions and the idea of what if. <laughs> and to me, a lot of the walking I do has to do with what if. And I really love that aspect of it. And it, it kind of relates to what I just said a minute ago, too, is it's not about the destination. When I when I walk, um, I have, I guess when I walk around home, I usually think to myself something like, well, I'll go to the top of the hill and come back again. But if I do that along the way, I might look over to one side and say, I think I'll go up that little path or something. And when I walk in Ireland, a big part of what I'm doing is kind of what I think of as rambling. I'm just, I'm just out there, uh, and I'm very open to to change, to changing direction, or stopping for a while, or you know, exploring some little opening in the woods that I see. And that is so related to the creative process. That idea that you are continually open to possibility and you know, it plays out in so many ways uh, in the studio. To me, it's it brings up a feeling in me of like my inner child. And I know that's an overused expression, but I specifically say my inner 10-year-old for some reason, because at 10, you're, you're independent, you're out there, you're exploring, and you kind of know what's going on. And you're aware, but you're also very curious. And that's what it kind of brings up in me. So wandering without particular goal or destination or allowing your destination to shift if it comes along, it puts it puts a focus on the journey and not the outcome. And that is a very basic part of process, I think, for the artist. Um, another thing walking brings up, and we're kind of joking about it a little bit, but it brings up resistance. I mean, uh, even if you love it, you have this moment of, oh, I don't know, I'm just happier sitting here. Or it's, is it cold out? You know, this kind of thing. Um, and to me, it's a lot like the resistance that can be felt when it's time to go paint. And you know you love it. And you know once you get there, it's going to be great. But there may be, you may procrastinate or say, oh, I'll just 
you know, do a, I'll just, uh, you know, surf Facebook for a little while longer or something, you know. And it's that basic human uh, resistance to leaving the comfort zone and going out there. And so uh, making it a practice that you're just going to do this as often as possible, it makes a difference. And I think it probably strengthens that part of yourself that gets past that moment of uh, putting it off or deciding it's not that important or something. So, I mean, a related idea is you're overcoming challenges. Maybe the weather is terrible out there. <laughs> Maybe that hill is really steep and you're challenged by the actual physical uh, walk. Maybe your leg hurts, and but you decide it's probably good to go and stretch it anyway, something. And there's often these little uh, impediments to enjoying it and you do it. And, and in the end, it's it's good. Um, and, and the other thing I, th I love about walking as kind of a, an overview of it is you do see progress and you see that maybe a mile seemed like a lot at one point. Um, then it changes because you're doing it a lot. And, uh, I was walking yesterday with my friend Liz and <laughs> I love this story because she walks a lot and she has walked in Europe, on the Camino, in several different countries. And she thinks nothing of going out and walking and walking for hours. And this is in town. Um, and she was telling me about how she went out one day and she she just kept thinking of errands and things that she wanted to do. And she was not in a scenic place. She was at the mall, basically, or on the roads going to the mall. And um she just kept thinking of things she had to do, and she just. And I thought, who does that? You know, who who goes out with a list of errands on foot? You know, and not just to a quaint little downtown, but in places that aren't very scenic or anything. And she said she was out there for hours, and she came back and um, she checked the pedometer on her iPhone. Which, by the way, if you don't know, you have a pedometer on your iPhone. You do just click the little health button, and it was over ten miles that she had been out there walking around and it's a different kind of walking she had a purpose but you know her endurance for that sort of thing is amazing and i think we see that physical endurance building up the more we walk and i think our patience for it as well obviously she could have come home and gotten her car and accomplished all that pretty fast but it's just she doesn't even think about that you know that's what she did and i think about how how resistant we are really as a culture in America to to doing that sort of thing. Uh, I, I know in other countries that I've been to, walking is much more part of the life. You know, people do it more and expect to do it. And it, they're not as much of a car culture as we are. And it's interesting seeing even cultural differences that way. Uh, we're, we are resistant to the idea, I think, unless it's scenic or beautiful or something. Um, yeah, and I, I think that things have changed a lot just in the past few years uh, with uh, with Uber, especially. Um, you, you know, like Eau Claire is not a is not a very big city, all things considered. And you can walk from one side of Eau Claire to the other and back in a day pretty easily. And that, that's the city we're talking about, right? Anyway, Eau Claire, Wisconsin. Friend. Yeah, yeah. And uh, I I remember going to going to high school in Eau Claire, and we'd get done with school at 
three or four o'clock or whatever it was. And, um, you know, typically we were, we were walking downtown or something at that point and it was a, a couple miles or something. And we could have taken the, the city bus or, uh, you know, rode bicycles or something, but because the, the walking paths through the woods are much more direct, that's kind of what we oh. would do. Uh, and so we, we would walk all over town and there were all these, all these walking paths through the city that, uh-huh. that I kind of wonder if they're even really being used anymore. Yeah, I know what you mean. I've I've seen some of those as well. And I think a lot of towns have alleys and things that at one time were, you know, pathways that people took all the time. And um, a lot of times when there's some sort of new building or development, the especially if it's like on the outskirts of town, there's not very much in the way of sidewalks or places to walk. And, you know, you... You can get stranded like having your car fixed or something and you have an hour and you think, well, I could go for a walk, except I'm on the edge of town near the mall and there's like nowhere to walk. You know, there's physically there's no sidewalk and I'm not going to walk and the road is dangerous. And so at least here in this country, we we're not very aware of a lot of times. So some cities are much more, you know, and some some cities trend that way of being walking cities, but a lot of places that have a lot of sprawl kind of on the outskirts of town, there's nowhere to walk um, that's safe and uh, any way enjoyable. Um, so it's it is kind of a cultural thing uh, where you are, but I guess it, I guess what I'm also suggesting is that we not be too limited by that because you can probably find somewhere if you're interested in spending more time walking. You can probably find somewhere to walk um, near where you are, even if you have to arrive there by car. You can uh, take off somewhere and and walk. And um, one of the things that's important to me when I walk is at least some of the walks are done alone. And I also enjoy the social aspects of walking with a friend, and I do that as well. Um, and and really like the fact that some of my friends like to take a good long walk, you know, and especially uh, like in New Mexico, we have some spectacular places to walk, and it's it's fun to explore with another person. Um, but at least some of the time, uh, and probably the more focused or meditative way of walking that I'm going to talk about in a minute is done in solitude and not with uh, something on your headphones or you know, you're not listening to a podcast or even music, but just being there, <laughs> just being in your environment or the environment you're in and just kind of accepting it, just taking it in. Um, and this type of walking is part of a lot of spiritual traditions called, uh, it's called mindful walking. Uh, although mindful walking can also specifically mean an actual form of meditation where you really are clearing your mind and only focused on your breath and your steps. And so it has, if you do it that way, it has the benefits of sitting meditation in the same way. I mean, you're reducing stress, you're there's a spirituality to it. You're feeling at one and um, peaceful. And so would that be like walking a, a labyrinth, for example? That's an example of it. Uh, that's why there's a lot of walking labyrinths. I think that's why people do that. But you could do it anywhere. You could you could go out on the road right here and do it. And 
uh, even though there's things around you, maybe a car will go by or a dog will bark or something. But it's just like with sitting meditation, you allow those things to just sort of be there, but you're not going to be distracted by them. So that takes a little more um, discipline, I think, a mental discipline to do it that way. But just basically walking alone, I find is it's such a good break from um, the rest of life where you're concerned. You, you can, for myself, if I took a break and went for a walk, I could let go of the things that were bothering me or the things I had to do and that sort of thing and just kind of float along in a way. Um, sometimes we're very challenged by certain kinds of walking, so challenging hiking, for example. Um, we might be testing our endurance to do something that was very long and involved. And there are these epic trips, like I mentioned. Um, my friend Liz has walked the Camino uh, in this country. We have the Appalachian Trail and some other ones that people, you know, that's a, a whole other level, right? That people dedicate a, a long period of time to walking every single day. And, um, you know, talking to people that have done these kind of long walks, it's like things just fall away. Their life becomes simple, focused. Every day, I'm just walking. I got to eat. I got to sleep at night. But other than that, I'm just walking. <laughs> it's just that kind of beautiful simplicity that we just don't access in daily life. And I've never done anything like that personally, but I, I can get a flavor of it and say, oh, that's, that would be interesting. Yeah, and and physically, uh, there can be, um, it can be very challenging to do these these kind of mountainous, incline walks. Yes, we don't think of walking as being all that physically challenging, um, but it, it it can really get your heart rate up if you're if you're doing like some some serious incline. And you know that brings to mind something else I was thinking about because, um, and you and I have talked about these. Um, uh, machines at the gym right the, right the treadmill and you can you can set the incline and you can walk for whatever length you want and get your heart rate up and everything and i thought so do i feel differently when i'm on that treadmill uh in terms of my focus or my um what i'm getting out of it and it's it's quite different but it's also good yeah <laughs> i mean i get into a different feeling of um i'm very aware of my body and the energy that it's taking to do this because I will set it on an incline and try to go as quickly as I can without having to actually run because I don't really do that very well, but um, maybe a little jogging. But it it's this interesting focus of just being in your body. The surroundings, you're really not that great, you know, <laughs> like TVs blaring and people working out around you, but you're so in your body and... um aware of your heart rate and things. And it, it's also good, I think. I feel really, I, I like to do that. Yeah. And, and that's a good setting to actually combine walking with, with other things. Um, so uh, for example, at one point I had purchased a, uh, a course that was kind of a, like a marketing course or mm -hmm. um, it was a, it was a business course that where there were videos that I was watching. Yeah. Um, and so I would, I would set it up on my phone and, and put it on the little ledge on the treadmill Yeah. and just, you know, set, put that incline all the way up and start walking while yeah. I'm, while I'm watching, <laughs> you know, this course, the material that I'm, that yeah, I'm you're, you're very focused right. and, 
I think, you know, they talk about um, certain people, certain types of people, but maybe everybody. There's an aspect of learning as you're moving that is helpful. Right. And Well, and I was always one of those kids that was like fidgeting in my desk at school and stuff. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and that movement I think really does help, you know, Mm -hmm. and it, it, there's a, there's a lot of options for people who are taking courses online these days. It's, it's a very popular way to, to become educated. And if there's some kind of educational material that, um, you're trying to consume, uh, for related to your, your art practice or your art business or whatever, um, you know, it can be very, very helpful to combine that with yeah. with a little bit of light exercise and keep your body moving. Moving it helps your your mind stay active as yeah, well. Yeah, it, it brings to mind, you know, one thing I was going to mention too. Now, I, you know, I've talked about these really meditative ways of walking, and and that's really, um, I recommend you know trying to be very clear in your mind, not thinking about stuff. But I think all of us also know that sometimes when we have something, we're trying to uh, work through. And we're trying to work out a problem or trying to make decisions that on a walk, it does, uh, there is something about moving and thinking through something that can work really well. And it's another reason to walk. And one reason I sometimes walk because I'm frustrated by something or something's bothering me. And just to go out and walk for a couple of miles. And by the time I get back, at least I feel much more settled about it and perhaps have thought of some solutions or things that I want to do. Uh, the result of physical movement while I'm trying to work through this. And it, it, you know, you're talking about learning. I'm talking about something slightly different, but it's that mental activity that can go really well with walking. So maybe it depends too on the environment. You know, if you're, if you're really in a beautiful, gorgeous, natural setting, that's when I, pretty consciously switch to not thinking. You know, I, I want to pay attention to the environment. So do you have any advice for overcoming resistance to walking? <laughs> I think, again, if you if you were to Google this, um, you'd probably find a lot of suggestions. I know some of them, uh, well, one that's very common is you find a walking buddy. And as I said, that's, that's fine. Uh, but also if Maybe that's a way to discover that you enjoy it, but definitely also do some by yourself. Um, I think I think keeping track of your miles is kind of cool. I mean, I, I look at the pedometer and I say, oh, uh, yesterday I walked six miles, you know, and that, that makes me feel good. It's not really about that number, but it's kind of motivating to see that, you know, there was that much going on. Uh, but I don't have a lot of tips. And I, like I said, that's in the realm of um, uh, gurus that deal with physical activity. You know, you can find that stuff. But um, I guess, you know, kind of bringing it back and to kind of wrap up about the, the art part, um, you know, this uh, mind, body and spirit connection that can happen while you're walking is uh, is really important overall but then i think for artists there's another dimension that's kind of specific because as i started out talking the alignment of certain aspects of these two experiences um of walking and creating could be pretty close and i have nothing really to base it on except intuition but i have to think that strengthening one strengthens 
the other. Um, I guess I have seen some of that in my own my own life and my own practice. Uh, that connection to that um, all those things I mentioned about observation and um, working through things and building on step by step kind of things. Well, that about wraps up this episode of the Messy Studio. You can find The Messy Studio on Facebook, as well as public profiles for both Rebecca Kroll and myself, Ross Tickner. Please make sure to check out squeegeepress.com, as well as www.rebeccacroll.com, and sign up for the email list to stay up to date on events, book signings, and openings. Please subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, or Stitcher, and leave us a rating and a review. Remember to share the show with friends and family and anyone who you think will enjoy it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week with more art and entertainment. In the meantime, embrace your creative space, messy or otherwise. Thanks, everybody. <laughs>